Hello guys, this is Jared Brooks, and this is Half the Battle. This is Chaz the Hybrid Wilson, and you're listening to Half the Battle. Welcome back to Half the Battle. I'm your host as always, Daniel Levy, your co-host Shaq. We're going to be talking to UFC flyweight Jared Brooks. He's taking on the fellow undefeated Davison Alcantara this Saturday at UFC Sao Paulo. And man, he's been making a lot of noise. And if he can go out there and get this win over Davison Alcantara, he's going to be right in there in the top 15 and get a big fight next. And then we're joined by Chaz the Hybrid Walton. He's fighting for the Titan FC Lightweight Championship November 17th on UFC Fight Pass. We've had him on half the battle before. He's one of the brightest prospects out of Georgia. Five victories, five first-round finishes, and now he gets his chance to get a potential shot at the big show here with a win. And then we're joined by UFC featherweight Jared Gordon. He's taking on Hakran Diaz this Saturday at UFC Sao Paulo. And, you know, getting a win over a guy like Hakran Diaz, that's what it takes to get in the top 15 of the UFC featherweight division. I truly believe if he can go out there, have a dominating victory, just like he did in his UFC debut, it's going to open a lot of doors with him. And uh, stick around because he's a very peculiar guy as well. But first up, Jared Brooks. Here we go. Joining us now is UFC flyweight Jared Brooks. Jared, welcome to Half the Battle. What's up, guys? Um... Very, very happy to be on this show. Thank you. Oh, man, it's our pleasure. So, dude, right off the bat, I got to ask you, you excited to go down to Brazil and have everyone uh, screaming, you're going to die in Portuguese as you walk out? You know, uh, every time I've been to uh, another country, uh, they've always shown me love. They've always shown me respect. Uh, So, I mean, going down there, it's probably going to be a little bit different, but I feed on love and hate, so if they, the more they hate me, the more they love me, so I'm fine with that. You know, Jared, uh, you had a very uh, good UFC debut win, you know, you you went through adversity, you uh, showed that your uh, wrestling was on a different level than Shelton, and Shelton had fought some uh, high-level opponents on the tough show, and now you're fighting another undefeated guy, Uh, where do you see that you're going to take advantage of the flaws in his game? Well, um, I just see he—he's he, a one-punch kind of guy. Um, you know, he—he's a—he's a well-rounded fighter. He's in the UFC, of course, but I see uh, a lot of flaws in his game. Um, he—he stays in guard a lot when he gets taken down, and uh, that just doesn't sound good uh, on his part. So, I think that he—he um, he hits very hard for a flyweight. But he's unfortunately slow and uh, incompetent at stopping a takedown. So I think that uh, I'm going to go in there and finish him within the first three rounds. So now, Jared, I, I know you're a very cerebral guy. I know you you think you know you know you talk a lot, so people think that you're just a trash talker. But I know you're a very smart guy. So when you're watching the tape and you see your opponent gassing out by round two, I mean, are you licking your chops at this opportunity? I love it, man. I've always stayed in shape. Um, uh, my movement was just a little bit too much in the first fight uh, with Shelton, and um, I, I kind of was inconsistent with my with my movement compared to my striking. And it's something that I uh, observed in that fight. So um, I think that you know jitters are out of the way, and um, you're gonna see me come out and uh, fight like the real Jared Brooks and. Uh, I'm telling you, within the next few fights, you're going to see me within the in the top five going against some of the best of the best. So, Yeah, and Jared, you know, the flyweight division is, in my opinion, one of the uh, best up-and-coming divisions in the UFC, and there's guys coming out, 
you know, left and right. And, uh, you know, with a big win here against another undefeated guy, you will be in that top 15. Um, do you have your eye on anyone in that top 15 after you get this win? Dude, I would really, I, I would hate to, uh, you know, wave down somebody uh, from an injury, but I would like to see Henry Zahudo not fight in that fight in Detroit. Uh, I mean, I live in Michigan. I live probably like 25 minutes from Detroit. I build a fan base down here in Michigan. So if I could fight Sergio Pettis uh, tomorrow, I would. I think it's a very good uh, fight for me. And I think that uh, someone like him is a stepping stone in order for me to get to that flyweight championship. Well, it's interesting you say that, man, because, you know, Henry Cejudo, if you go look up his uh, tapology, he's got the most pullouts out of anyone on the UFC roster. So you might be in luck, man. Uh, you know, he might actually pull out of this one. Yeah, I think that he has, um, you know, those, those front top frontier guys, uh, they have problems with uh wanting to go down and uh have somebody step up and and fight up in competition so um i i think you're uh you're a little mixed up with ian mccall at that point too because ian mccall is <laughs> back out too and uh ian if you're listening i would still love to fight you even though you're a big old flashy pussy hey so speaking of which is it, you know, is it official to say that you retired Ian McCall now that he's over there in Ryzen, you know, where uh, the competition's easier? You know what? Uh, I told I told him uh, right before the fight, you know, this is a two-week notice fight with me and him, and I told him, I was like, hey, man, I'm going to be the fight to retire you out of the UFC, and um, I didn't even have to fight him. I think that... It was just a mental aspect, and I ran into him outside of UFC 214 after I fought, and you know, you, you know, made him feel a little bit better about himself. But he said he had some mental problems, and said that something's wrong with his head and, and stuff like that. I just don't think that he is uh, he's willing to fight anybody that's not in you know title contention because he thinks that he's there. But uh, in my opinion, I mean, you were fighting three to four guys. At that point, you weren't fighting the whole division like I am. So um, as soon as I'm the champion, I'm going to be fighting people that are as low as me. And I've been doing that my whole life. So I'm prepared. And, um, you know, my opponent coming up, I think that he is a, a very skilled mixed martial artist, but he's not at my level. And you all see that October 28th. Yeah, Jared, you know, you're from uh, Detroit. It's uh, There's a lot of UFC fighters coming out of there. You, Cody Stamen, uh, Bobby Nash, Miles Jury, Kevin Lee just had a good performance. Um, how was it training in Detroit? And I, I noticed that you're coached by uh, James Lee, who's like a super old school vet and uh, has a super experience in the game. How is it uh, training there? Oh, man, um, the past year and a half, I've just uh, skyrocketed in my talent and uh, – and just my conditioning and the the preparation that I've that I've had going into fights. I mean, I uh, I met James a, a year and a half ago, and he was like, "Hey, man, uh, are you one to to be a UFC champion?" And I was just like, "Yeah." He's like, "I've never heard anybody say that. They say that they want to just make it to the UFC." So, um, yeah, James is is a big key in my preparation. He's not only a coach; he's a manager. He's he's like my he's like a father figure. I mean, I live at his house. He always makes sure that I, I got some money in my pocket, even if I go broke, because you know how good the UFC pays us. So, <laughs> Let me ask you this, man, because, look, there's only been one champion in your weight class, and, you know, obviously you're a few fights away from that. 
Do you think you're the man to dethrone the great Demetrius Mighty Mouse Johnson? Well, uh, I'm an analyst, man. I I think that uh, <laughs> besides fighting, I could go and uh, commentate in the UFC also. I mean, I pay attention to every fight in the UFC. I pay attention to every fighter coming in or out of the, the flyweight division. So um, I've studied Demetrius Johnson since 2011, before he was in the UFC. So um, I... I'm going to fight exactly like Demetrius Johnson. I feel like that's the way to beat him because there's a lot of people out there that have such different uh, fighting styles, and there's nobody that can beat Demetrius but his own style, and I think that I can bring that to him. And, you know, Jared, for your debut, you know, uh, after the fight, after you got your hand raised, you, you felt like you looked like shit. Um, in my opinion, man, I thought you looked good. I mean, to be honest, the, the only, you know, sketchy situation was when you got dropped briefly with that uh, uppercut but I mean your recovery time was very on point and I mean I felt like you came back and you know won that round even though you got dropped so that round you know gets goes to him but the first two rounds man I thought you uh showed good fight IQ that first round you stayed on top of him almost had that guillotine and then that second round you rocked him with a left hook and I mean he did a little chicken dance there yeah, uh, you know Eric is a is a tough fight for anybody in the flyweight division. He's uh he's kind of he's kind of tall. He has a long reach. He has uh a, a lot of skills that a lot of people haven't got to see because uh you know he's had split decision losses every other fight. So um, Eric is definitely somebody that uh, I see could be a top five contender. And um, you know yeah he, he he rocked me in a fight, but that's part of the game. Um, it was just, I think if I fought him today, I think it would be a, a way different fight. And I, it just had a lot to do with the UFC jitters. You know, my dad being there and, you know, because this is not only my dream, this is my dad's dream also. And, you know, just seeing him, it was just a very emotional experience. But now I'm going in there uh, with a reason to to want to be a, the flyweight champion of the world. So. You know, a lot of people don't realize that Eric Shelton's a super talented guy. And that fight, so you take him down and, you know, I know for a fact Eric Shelton knows how to wall walk. I know Eric Shelton knows how to push down the, on the head and, you know, pull the leg out, get back up. You know he knows how to do those techniques. You made it that he wasn't able to do that. Where'd you learn how to wrestle like that? Dude, um, I got to give all, all my credit uh, in wrestling to my dad and my brother. I've never really been coached uh, besides anybody but them. Um, you know, my brothers always, you know, beat my ass since I was a younger kid. And if my brother was not, uh, you know, working in Florida and didn't have the the love for the sport that I do, I feel like he would be in the top five in the UFC division also. My brother was 12-0 uh, and 0 as an amateur and just didn't um, – didn't really want to do it anymore. He was uh, kind of pressured by my dad, but my dad, he, um, he, he's definitely one of the best uh, wrestlers and motivators that I've ever met in my life and uh, has always made me mentally strong no matter what. So, And, you know, Jared, it seems like every event now we have guys, you know, that are struggling to make weight or pulling out because they can't make weight. And I noticed that you have some fights at 115 pounds. So I'm assuming that a flyweight cut isn't that bad for you? Literally, I'm probably about 131 right now, uh, sopping wet, and that doesn't matter if I'm four months out or four weeks out. I'm usually around the same weight. Um, my my strength is my strength, man. I've um, you know grappling wise, I, 
I'm probably like a 160-pound man on top of somebody, but I only weigh about 130 to 125 pounds during the fight week. So, um, yeah, I think that uh, I have a, a lot of power compared to my weight, and um, you guys will see that October 28th. Now, I could be wrong, but it seems to me like you gravitate towards the wrestling more than the striking. However, your striking is still pretty damn good, man. I mean, do you think there's going to be some performances where you keep it standing the entire time, knock guys out or outstrike them for three? Uh, like, like I, I said, said, it's just depending on who I'm fighting. If I'm fighting somebody like Eric Shelton, which is uh, primarily a striker, uh, Muay Thai guy being coached by Pete Spratt, somebody like Pete, um, I'm going to take the dude down. I'm going to make sure that he doesn't feel uh, comfortable on the feet compared to uh, being on the ground also. But, um, yeah, I, I think that um, that I'll have some performances to where I, I stay on the feet if I'm going against somebody like, you know, Hector Sandoval or, you know, even like Demetrius Johnson. Demetrius Johnson is primarily somebody that takes people down because he's small. You know what I'm saying? Um, just like myself. But, um yeah, if, if I were to fight Demetrius Johnson, I'd probably keep that standing. Now, uh, when you got the call for this fight, were you hoping to fight on the Detroit card instead? Or, you know, because it's a little more added pressure? Or did you just, you know, relish the idea of going into another man's home country and beating him? Hey, whoever they put me up against, wherever I'm at, I'm completely fine and at home with it. Um, you know, I would love to fight in Detroit. I would love to have people from uh, my my home state come um, and uh, cheer me on and have that kind of energy. Also, um, I, I'm, I'm still open. It's just depending on uh, this performance that I have right now. If I can finish the student in the first round, I'm definitely going to call out anybody in the flyweight division to find Detroit. So, um, yeah, I, I'm definitely glad that I'm fighting in Brazil. I've never been to Brazil. So, um, yeah, I'm going to go and uh, beat this dude in his home country and then enjoy the, the country for a couple days come back and get back to the drawing board like usual. Well, Jared, it's going down. You versus Davison Alcantara. I know you're going to take a win by any means necessary, but if it were up to you, how would this fight go down, Jared? Well, um, the way I see the fight is, uh, you know, I'm going to I'm gonna hit him with some feints, take him to the ground, get him a little bit tired, and then uh, wait for those hands to go down in the second round and uh, knock him out. Well, Jared, we want to thank you so much for taking the time to speak with us right here, right now on Half the Battle. It's been an absolute pleasure. Best of luck in Brazil. Let the audience know where they can follow you and any message for the fans. Go ahead, man. Yeah, man. Uh, one, thank you, Half the Battle, for having me. Uh, I appreciate it. And two, um, my name is the underscore monkey god on Instagram and Twitter. You can find me at Jared Brooks. I'm not uh, verified on Facebook, but you guys can follow me. You guys can message me. Uh, I'm not one of those people that ignore people. So anytime that you guys want to hit me up and ask questions, I'm available. Levy, and joining me now is the man challenging for the Titan FC lightweight belt November 17th live on UFC Fight Pass. I'm talking about Chaz Walton. Chaz, welcome back to Half the Battle. Hey, man, thanks for having me back. You know, it's always a pleasure. Oh, man, the pleasure's all mine. So, dude, you know, you've had quite the year. You know, you haven't fought in about a year. You've been dealing with stuff outside the cage, but now you got the biggest opportunity of your life. I mean, what was it like when you got that call that, hey, man, you're not just fighting for the Titan FC belt, you're fighting live on UFC Fight Pass? Uh, man, honestly, to me, it's, it's just another fight. You know, it's an extra two rounds. Um, 
But I, I was already mentally prepared for a fight. And, uh, you know, my opponent backed out for, you know, uh, whatever reason. And so uh, mentally, I was already prepared for a really tough fight. And uh, when that fight fell through, I, I just kept my faith. I didn't get discouraged. And within two days, I had a, a bigger, better opportunity. And uh, honestly, I, I'm blessed. I'm excited. It's an amazing opportunity um, to fight on a, on a stage like that and uh, amongst other fighters at that level. And I think that it's a next up for me. Um, as far as being off a year, uh, you know, I'm not someone who believes in ring rust. And if you've seen my fights, I don't think I've been in there long enough to even develop ring comfort. So, <laughs> you know, uh, I'm not really worried about, you know, being rusty or, uh, or having that layoff. It's just been more time for me to get better and stronger and, uh, hone in my skills. And, uh, yeah. So... You went 7-0 and as an amateur, you're 5-0 and as a pro with five first-round finishes, and you have a lot of experience in those five fights. You know, you fought in Legacy, you knocked out uh, an opponent in seven seconds in front of Dana White. Do you feel like that kind of experience is what's going to lead you and aid you to a victory here against a very experienced opponent? Oh, definitely, man. Uh, you know, fighting on Fight Pass is cool, but... Uh, I fought on TV twice. Like you said, I fought in front of Dana White, you know, short notice fight at a higher weight class. Uh, I believe I had about two and a half weeks notice for that fight. So, um, you know, the, there's always pressure. Uh, the, the pressure is what helps me perform. You know, I embrace that. Uh, but honestly, I, I feel like I've fought under more pressure than I, I'm under this fight, if that makes sense. No, 100% it makes sense. And, you know, last time we spoke, uh, your wife was pregnant with your first child. And since then, obviously, he was born. You have a healthy, beautiful baby. And, look, you've always been a really motivated guy, but has it added any extra incentive having, you know, such a blessing in your life with Lucas Gray? Um, you know, to an extent, you know, it's like, his birthday is actually the day after my fight. So, you know, I want to bring him a belt wrapped up with a bow on it. You know what I'm saying? Like, that's, there is definitely some motivation drawn from that. Um, but, you know, he's he's so young, he doesn't understand any of what's going on. And, uh, and he's going to love me regardless of uh, anything that happens in there. So, you know, while it's motivating, it's also uh, awesome, awesome just to have such a little... A little knucklehead running around here keeping me uh, focused. <laughs> I mean, what's it like, man? Because I know you're a kid at heart, so to have a little mini-me walking around, I mean, it must be a real humbling, surreal experience. It's amazing. Um, it really has put a lot of things in perspective for me. And uh, it's, it's just been such an eye-opening, humbling experience. And uh, he, he's honestly such a blessing, man. He's a... Uh, He's really helping me become a little more centered in life, and and it's awesome. It's just every bit of it is awesome. You know, having a kid comes with its challenges, especially that first year if you're trying to get in a camp and get your fight schedule going. And, uh, you know, I daytime dad, so doing that and training is obviously presents its challenges just like it would for anyone, but um, it's honestly, it's great, man. I love it. 
So, man, for this camp, you've put in a lot of work with some really tough competition. I mean, you've been working with guys like Jordan Rinaldi. And most recently, you actually got asked to come in and spar with Platinum Mike Perry. What was that experience like? Oh, man. Those guys down there, you know, Mike is a uh, – Mike's an animal, bro. All, all of those, those Florida boys are, are, are animals. You know, they, they should never be underestimated. Uh, Mike has the power that, that you see. You know, it's not, it's no fluke. The man hits hard, even, uh, even sparring light. It was a very, very, uh, competitive couple of rounds that we, we did. We didn't really go super hard because he still had stitches in his mouth, but, uh, I was able to get some grappling in with him and, uh, get a few sparring rounds and, uh, you know, just move around with those guys it was awesome. And uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, Chaz, I know what happens in the gym stays in the gym, but just for the fans, can you give us a little glimpse of what it was like uh, sparring with Platinum Mike Perry? Um, it was terrifying. <laughs> <laughs> that's all. I, that's all I'm gonna say. You know, I'm not. I don't. I don't like to uh, to say whether one person did better than the other or whatever. You know, we were we we're just kind of trying to learn from each other and get better. That's the whole reason I was there. So, you know, he, but he's a scary dude, man. You know, anybody that gets a, a face tattoo, you should be worried about throwing punches at you. <laughs> well, man, you've been training with a guy like that. You've also had Jordan Rinaldi. I know he's been helping out with your grappling. So you must feel like you're more than ready to take on this guy, Raush Manfio. Oh, yeah, I'm, I'm definitely ready. You know, uh, I, I do believe having tough guys around you helps you get better but i also don't believe it's a necessity if you look at some of the best fighters in the world they just come out of those little hole in the wall gyms you know just like i train at and and uh you know they go mix it up with other guys at other gyms when they're in camp and they just stay at their gym and hone their skills in the uh, meantime you, you know, I'm really glad you brought that up, Chaz, because you're a very loyal guy and you have a coach named Johnny Dunn. And I mean, this is the kind of guy that, you know, he comes over to your house. You guys put in work in your garage. You know what I mean? But he's only your coach. Can you tell me about the relationship you have with Coach Johnny? Oh, man, I, I love Johnny, man. He, he has never charged me a dime for anything that he's done. He's never asked me for anything. He... He just believes in me uh, to the fullest, and he just wants to invest in me and uh, give me the skills to make it to the top. Uh, we've joked a few times because he is getting older, and uh, I'm hitting harder these days that uh, he might not, his shoulders might not be able to handle it much longer. But, but no, he's he's awesome. You know, uh, whether it's fight camp or whether I'm just looking for advice, you know, he's a great dude. He works hard. He has a kid, so he completely understands how. Uh, how the grind goes, but uh, yeah, we've been together for years. I, I think since I was an amateur, and uh, yeah, he's uh, he's top of the line, man. Everything he teaches me, I teach my students. So it's one of those things. He's he's basically Mr. Miyagi, and I'm Daniel's son. <laughs> no, it's incredible because I mean, you guys have such a bond, and you know, he believes in you so much. You believe in his style so much it's incredible you know uh his parents are actually thai so i mean he comes straight from the lineage it must be incredible having a guy like that have your back oh no doubt and uh you know he's got black belts in multiple martial arts he has tons of muay thai experience training in thailand living in thailand so it's great because you know he can give me a lot of aspects of my game that uh 
that I favor, the traditional side of striking as well as the uh, grimy side, the tie. So, Chaz, obviously in your pro career, five wins, five first-round finishes. Now, on paper, you're getting a step up in competition. You're taking on Roush Manfio. He's 9-2. and two. He's a short, stocky Brazilian. He likes to throw big bombs on the feet. I would assume he's a black belt in jiu-jitsu. How do you feel about this matchup? I feel good, man. Um, I've watched him fight. Uh, he's definitely a tough cat. It's obvious the things that he likes to do, and it's uh, obvious the things he doesn't like to do. And, uh, you know, we're taking all those things into account for this fight. But, you know, I don't really focus on on black belts or or anything like that because all of that changes in the cage. Um, I, I mean, I train with black belts, and it's, it's a lot different when you're doing jiu-jitsu on jiu-jitsu, but this isn't a jiu-jitsu match. So I, I'm not really concerned about, about those kinds of things. Um, I'm fully aware that this is a step up in competition. It's the, exactly what I've been looking for. You know, branching out from the NFC and uh, and and getting on the big stage and and you know I can't complain. I'm getting a title shot off of a layoff. I mean that's almost unheard of unless you're GSP. So I, I'm super blessed. I'm super excited to fight this guy. He looks tough. Looks like he could take a punch. So it'll be interesting to see how uh, how things turn out. Yeah, you know, lots of guys can take a punch, but can he take a, a knee or a shin to the chin? That's what I'm wondering. Hey, I mean, we're gonna find out because, as you know, I'm not one-dimensional. So we'll we'll find out November. Yes, sir. So you know, the reason that you became such a big fan favorite here in the Georgia area is because Charles Walton comes to fight. You know, there's no Charles Walton fight where you're humping someone's leg and the whole crowd goes to sleep. You know, everyone's booing. That's never happened in a Charles Walton fight before. So can we just expect at the start of the bell for you to just come right at him like you've been doing in all your other fights? Uh, I mean, I don't even know what to expect, bro. I I go in there and I just react. I just, I just trust my instincts to the fullest and uh, listen to my coaches. And, and so, you know, I can't tell you what's going to happen uh, when that bell sounds off. But as you've seen, you know, the proof's in the pudding. You see how I fight. I bring it, you know. So you can definitely expect that. Now, I really don't like to ask these kind of questions, but I kind of have to. The fans uh, really want me to. And... I want to talk about the implications of this fight, man, because look, a fight's still a fight no matter what, but this is basically like your chance. You win this fight, you're getting that call, that's the bottom line. I mean, is it hard kind of putting that on the back burner and just focusing on, look, I got to be in the best version of myself? Um, you know, I, I, uh, I honestly don't, I don't focus too much on that kind of stuff because, uh, you know, I'm a man of faith and and I have faith that, uh, and I trust God's timing with everything. So, you know, he, he's already decided who's going to win this fight and what's going to happen after this fight. And my only job is to go out there and uh, do my best and glorify his name uh, in victory or defeat, although it will be in victory. But that's, you know, that's it. Does that kind of belief... Does that kind of make you feel free when you're in there, knowing that, you know, in your mind it's all pre-planned already? Absolutely. Uh, I know that as long as I give it give it my all, that's really all that matters. And uh, everything else is, is already decided. I'm, 
you know so yeah it does it does definitely give you a little bit of freedom to just go and fight I, you know, I, I notice a lot of people put too much pressure on themselves, and I do put pressure on myself. Um, that's how I've gotten where I am, but uh, I put the realistic pressure on myself, and I, I try to keep things in perspective, like I said. And, and yeah, you know, I have faith in, uh, in whatever whatever it turns out. So, Chaz, you know I can't let you leave without a couple fight predictions. I mean, this is half the battle, and GSP is taking on Bisbing. Look, GSP has been out for about four years. He's taking on the champ, Bisbing. You think he can, uh, look, you say you don't believe in ring rust, but that's only from one year. This is four years. What do you think about this fight, man? All right, well, the first thing that, you know, ring rust is one thing to talk about, but GSP is going up a weight class against a very, very big uh, 185-er. I think that's what really is going to be the biggest factor is that he's not, it's not going to be as easy to take Bisping down or get inside on Bisping to take him down because of his range and size. So it'll be interesting because, you know, this, in the striking department, I would honestly give it to Bisping. Uh, so we'll see. I, I think I see Bisping uh, winning that fight. You know, I want to see GSP come back and win, but I don't feel like him coming back at 185 is – is going to work in his favor. Makes sense. So, in your weight class, it hasn't officially been announced, but I think we all kind of know that Conor McGregor is fighting Tony Ferguson. So, if those two indeed meet, who do you think is going to walk away the number one lightweight on planet Earth? El Kakui, bro. Me and him are like such similar styles, very similar size. I'd actually really like to fight him one day. I think that's going to happen. Um, but... I, I got I got Ferguson on that. Uh, he's got the range. He's got better striking. He's got great jujitsu, um, and he's just got great tenacity. He's not gonna he's not gonna fall for the hype. You know, some people kind of give in to the hype of their opponent, but hype means nothing because how many times have you seen a a really good guy go in there and uh, just wasn't his night? You know. Many, many times. Well, Chaz, it's going down November 17th. UFC Fight Pass, you versus Roush Manfio for the Titan FC Lightweight Championship. Look, I know you'll take a win by any means necessary, but if it were up to you, how would this fight go down, Chaz? Um, a knockout in the first 45 seconds. Well, that's what the fans like to hear. Chaz, thank you so much for taking the time to speak with me right here, right now on Half the Battle. It's, you know, it's awesome to talk to you a year later. So many blessings in your life. Now you get this huge opportunity. Let the fans know where they can follow you on social media and any message for them. Go ahead. Uh, yeah, the Hybrid89 on Twitter. You can uh, follow me on there. I'm posting all my fight stuff. And, uh, you know, just look at, look at me for, look for me on Instagram. Just search Chaz Walton. I, I keep everybody updated on my uh, training, my camp, and, you know, family life, too. Joining me now is UFC lightweight Jared Gordon. Jared, welcome to Half the Battle. How's it going, man? I'm doing well. How you doing? It's going amazing. So, man, I introduced you as UFC lightweight. I know your last one was at featherweight, but uh, how did this one get agreed upon at 155? Um, well, you know, I had a little mishap my last fight. I missed weight by three pounds. So I think uh, the UFC kind of wanted me to move up because I had a huge cut. They didn't want to keep me missed weight again. And uh, I guess I've been having a hard time making weight as well or something. So he's moving up also. So 
So, man, the first time I heard about Jared Flash Gordon is when you sent out that tweet, and I'm sure you've heard about this a million times. You said that basically this time last year you were living under a bridge, you were doing hard drugs, but you overcame all that. You made your UFC debut. I mean, dude, that's some real shit. So I got to ask you, man, I mean, how were you able to turn things around so positively and uh, make it to where you are now? Well, I'm turning up a lot. Living my life, you know, and I was in and out of rehab to jail and getting in trouble, and, you know, I just was sick of it, so, um, you know, I always had MMA as a career, and, and I just said, uh, you know, I had enough of this, and I just put my best foot forward, and, and here I am. So just one day, randomly, you were like, fuck this, I need to turn things around, and that's what happened? Oh no 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 no! I, I had I had two years sober before I relapsed after shoulder surgery. Then I had a year and a half sober again. I relapsed after I had a metal plate put in my face, and uh, now I have two uh, almost two years again. So uh, I've been trying to stay sober for a while, but I've been having some obstacles, and uh, but it's a little different now because. You know, I, I do I do things differently, and uh, I'll never go back to to that to that bullshit. Man, it's incredible! Like the discipline you must have to work your way up to where you are now is is being in the UFC. I mean, does that basically take all your focus now? I mean, ninety five percent of my time is dedicated to fight for the action. So, ninety five percent of basically just sitting on my ass or relaxing. But, um, yeah, pretty much that, and I also go to, like, you know, a lot of AA meetings, and, you know, I have to, uh, keep on top of my recovery, so that's about, uh, that's about all I do. Man, so, I mean, it's basically at the, at a point where if you smoked one joint, you would go back to that whole world again? Oh, yeah, because my, my eyes, marijuana is for pussies. I'm going to smoke weed. I might as well shoot coke and dope. So, yeah, I can't drink or smoke. If I were to drink, I would say, fuck it. You know, or if I were to smoke a joint, I'd say, fuck it. And I'd go right back to slamming narcotics again. I don't really want to risk that, so I don't fuck around at all. That, that That's smart. So let me ask you this, man. Do you get a sort of high from fighting? Oh yeah, definitely. It's the biggest adrenaline rush uh, I've ever had, and nothing compares to being in the cage, especially when, uh, especially when you get into the the octagon in the UFC. It's you know obviously the highest level fighting, so nothing quite beats that. Dude, in your debut, I mean, it's one thing to win a fight; it's another thing to beat someone's ass. You went out there and you absolutely destroyed this dude. Where does your intensity come from, man? Yeah, that's just like my style. I'm a, I'm a pressure fighter, and uh, I don't know. I guess my whole life is kind of just like, you know, being a, like all or nothing. Like uh, I'm an extremist of everything. So, you know, I just have to, you know, in life and in the cage, just bring it as hard as I can and break people or break my obstacles, and that's what I do.
Man, that's a good way to put it because in this fight right here, it's not like you're just taking on, you know, a perennial top 15 guy. You're taking on a Brazilian in Brazil. We know the deal. When you walk out, everyone's going to be screaming, Uva Moer, you're going to die in Portuguese. Are you excited about this opportunity? Oh, yeah. Big time. This is, uh, on, on paper, it's a step up in competition, but I'm going to do what I did to my last opponent to this guy. And, um, I think I well, I know I perform well under pressure, so I'm not really worried about the crowd. I'm just going to go out there and do what I do best. So, Hakran, he's one of these guys who we like to call him a, a stealer. You know what I mean? He's one of these guys where, you know, you can whoop his ass for, for four minutes and then he gets that one takedown at the end of the round and, and, you know, he steals the round on the judges' scorecards. Are you worried about any of those tactics here? I mean, he poses some threats, yes. But, uh, you know, I've been training really hard for, for what he's going to bring. So, I, think, uh, I know I'm going to be able to shoot more down and, so you staying at 55 for the foreseeable future or are you going to try to make that uh that cut back down again later yeah i'm gonna i'm gonna have to go back down because if i want to perform at the highest level and i'm champion i truly believe it's at 45 so i think after this i'm gonna have to go back down yeah and man, uh, pardon my ignorance, but where are you training at these days? You know, I try to look it up and know, I just know you're from New York, but where are you training at these days? I train at Church Street Boxing Gym with uh, my head coach, uh, Jason Stroud, and my uh, Henzo Gracie Academy, and, and uh, my grappling coach there is uh, Michael Jaramillo. He's John Danaher's first black belt. Uh, he's a monster, and he's uh, propelled my game more than you can imagine, and uh, I wrestled at Ed Hobogan in New Jersey with Cody Hammer, he's uh, made my wrestling coach, and I uh, do my strength and conditioning at uh, Iron Lion Performance in uh, Soria, Queens, and uh, that's what I do. Damn, so you're training under uh, a John Danaher black belt? Yes, sir. Holy shit, what's that like, man? I mean, because that dude's a wealth of knowledge. Yeah, he's, uh, he's been at Henzo since 98. Um, all of uh, George St. Pierre's MMA privates that he did with John, uh, my coach was his uh, training partner before. So everything, you know, that I see George do is kind of make what I do. And, and um, yeah, he's a wealth of knowledge. Uh, I feel like, you know, when is the knowledge going to, you know, when is it going to dry up? And he just keeps coming with more and more, and it's, like, unbelievable. Like, he has an answer for everything. That's awesome, man. Well, Jared, before I let you go, man, what kind of message would you send to other people that, you know, they're going through adversity in their lives and, you know, they might not see the light at the end of the tunnel? Because, like, like we already mentioned with you, man, you overcame serious adversity. Look at you now. You're doing big things. What would you say to others that are in similar positions that you were in back then? If you're living like me, there's either two ways you can go. It's either you die and end up in or end up in prison and you know have a horrible life, or you get your act together. But you have to have something to work forward to work, work towards. So he's really at the end of the day, you just got to put your best foot forward and uh, look for that light at the end of the tunnel and, and keep trying. Now, Jared, I know you'll take a win by any means necessary, but if it were up to you, how would this fight with Hakran go down? Uh, 
I'm pretty positive it's going to end on KO or TKO in the second or third round, obviously, which my hand raised. Well, Jared, I want to thank you so much for taking the time to speak with me right here, right now on Half the Battle. It's been a pleasure, man. Uh, let the fans know where to follow you, man, and any message for them. Go ahead. Jared, thanks again, man. Yeah, have, have a great day, bro. You too. Thank you. There you have it, folks. Jared Brooks, Chaz the Hybrid Walton, and Jared Gordon. Thank you so much for checking out this very special edition of Half the Battle. Make sure you follow me on Twitter at Best Fight Picks. Follow Shaq at MMA Genius 05. Go to bestfightpicks.com for the plays. Subscribe to Half the Battle on iTunes, SoundCloud, YouTube, and Stitcher. Shaq and I will be back later this week to break down UFC Sao Paulo, Derek Brunson versus Leota Machida. So until the next time, let's cash these bets.